this is important because when we make these assumptions and we lead people down a certain path, it can harm them. It can harm them. You are listening to Veggie Doctor Radio, and this is episode number 167. Welcome to Veggie Doctor Radio. I am your host, Dr. Yami, board-certified pediatrician, certified lifestyle medicine physician, certified health and wellness coach, author, speaker, mother, wife, and human being. I passionately believe in the power of diet, habits, and mindset in sparking and sustaining well-being and joy in our lives. This podcast combines expert interviews and thoughtful monologues to explore plant-based nutrition, lifestyle medicine, parenting, mindset, and other exciting and fun topics. I hope that these episodes inspire you, uplift you, and equip you with the knowledge and tools to live your best life. Are you ready to get started? Let's do it. Well, hello, veggie lovers. Welcome back to Veggie Doctor Radio. I'm so happy to be with you today for another solo episode, a monologue of sorts. This is something that I started on social media, and I also talked about in my newsletter, and I got lots of people reaching out, asking questions, giving feedback. And so I thought I'd put it out in the podcast and I would love your feedback. I would love to hear what you think about this. But before I get into the topic of is weight loss good, for those of you that are watching on video, I want you to see Sammy, do my doggy. She's on my lap. I don't usually have her on my lap because she likes to bark at the most inopportune times. But if you've listened to the podcast long enough, you probably have heard her bark from time to time. She's a lap dog. She's a little Shih Tzu Yorkie. She's so adorable. She's my princess. Do you know that every time I talk to her, my voice has to go to like baby talk, high pitched, and I mispronounce everything. I don't know. I do that with my patients too. I apologize in advance to all my my patient parents out there, I'm sorry. I do not sound professional when I talk to babies. It's just the way it's going to be. Also, I want to let you know that I am on fire right now. I don't know. I have a fire under me and I just want to create and teach and give and produce and do all kinds of stuff. So I am going to be doing a six-week live course starting September 30th. This is specifically for plant-based moms out there who feel that they need help getting on track with their own eating, with intuitive eating, their body image, and also learn more about plants. Maybe you're plant-based or you're hoping to become plant-based, you're plant-curious, you're kind of on the fence, you want to maybe approach that. So this is going to be a six-week course for you, the plant-based moms, because I believe that when moms are able to address their own health and well-being, their own joy, we become better moms and we are able to pass that down to our children. It's like we exude happiness and joy and it benefits everybody. So if this is you, if you are ready to learn more, 
to get that kickstart, to get that jumpstart, to be among other women who are interested in this, join my newsletter. The best way to join my newsletter is actually to go get one of the freebies. So go to dryami.com forward slash free, D-O-C-T-O-R-Y-A-M-I.com forward slash free. You can also reach out to me on my DMs on Instagram. That is where I'm most active. But I would love to have you in the class, and I'm probably going to be doing a few either free or low-cost little webinars between now and then. So be on the lookout if you're interested in that course, because I'm super excited. There's going to be lots and lots of stuff coming your way. Okay, so let's talk about it. The other day, one of my colleagues and friends sent me a message, and they were wondering my opinion about something. and. They were wondering if they thought, if I thought, if this, what they were referring to was good for weight loss. And this is something that we ask frequently when it comes to a food, when it comes to a way of eating, a lifestyle, whatever, is it good for weight loss? A lot of studies, that is the study question. The study question is, is it good for weight loss? Which one produces more weight loss, A or B, or doing it this way or that way? Is it good for weight loss? Because we are immersed in this mentality that weight loss is always good. You know, you hear about the majority of people in the United States either being overweight or obese, childhood obesity on the rise, all of this stuff. We're all worried. So naturally, the belief is we should be looking at ways to lose weight. So the question is, is it good for weight loss? But whenever I think about this question and whenever I think about the way and the actual questions that we ask, I realize that when we ask certain questions, it takes us down a certain path, right? So you know that if you ask, is it good for weight loss, then you're going to be evaluating, okay, which one helps you lose weight better, faster, you know, more sustainably, um, whatever, you know, you start just looking at that question and then questions that come from there. But what if we started with the wrong question? What if we need to back way up and just evaluate this from a bigger picture perspective. And I would argue, and what I've learned in my almost 42 years of life, I might even be 42 by the time this episode airs. I don't know when this episode's going to air, but maybe. I'm almost 42 at the time of this recording. So I'm still rather young. But one thing that I've realized is that there are no absolutes. Even gravity, which we think is like a law that can't be broken, there are exceptions. If you ask scientists, if you ask physicists, physicists, I can't say that word. If you ask scientists about certain things that we feel that these are absolute truths, they will say, well, in this case, in this case, if this happens, maybe it's not necessarily true. I think it's important for us to remember that. It's important to remember that there are no absolutes because we are under the impression 
that when it comes to weight loss, it's always good and we all lose weight a certain way and on and on and on. I'll talk more about that in a little bit. But the second thing I think is important to realize that I've realized more recently as well is there can be more than one truth. And just because one thing is true doesn't mean that it's true for everybody. It doesn't mean that there can't be another truth. And so I think that's why we end up with these camps of people that are like, no, 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 this is definitely true. And another camp saying, no, 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 this is definitely true. Because there can be more than one truth. Because we're not all the same. We have differences. We have genetic differences. We have cultural differences. There's, there's all kinds of factors that go into play when it comes to our bodies and the way our bodies function. For some people listening to this episode, you may think that it's just even dumb to question, to ask the question, is weight loss good? Your first thought may be, well, duh, of course it is. That's a dumb question. Why would you even ask that? And I think that I was stuck in that paradigm for a long time. So I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with you. I'm not shaming you or blaming you for that. But the point of this episode is just to encourage more of us to open our minds. Even me, because I know that there's some things that I'm probably closed-minded about right now. There's things that I probably think, nope, that's just the way it is, when there may be alternative paths that I haven't realized. So for many decades, as an early medical student, as a resident, as a pediatrician, I'd say maybe a few, I don't know how many decades it's been, but as a practicing attending physician, it's been almost 13 years that I've been practicing, plus add on the medical school. There is a lot of time that I was under the impression that for a larger bodied person, weight loss is always good, okay? But I don't believe that anymore. So let's talk about things that we as a society, as a culture, and I know that this is prevalent in lots of different parts of the world, but there's a few assumptions we make. And I know that there's more, but there's four that I kind of quickly outlined when I was writing about this. One, weight loss is always healthy and should be always pursued by larger bodied people. And I'm not saying everybody believes this. I'm just saying this is kind of like the impression we get from our society, from what you see in the media, from, you know, the medical community, that kind of thing. Number two, weight loss is simple. People just don't do it, right? So weight loss is simple. Eat less, move more. It's just simple physics. Takes place in a closed system. That's it. Eat less, move more. Number three, everybody works the same. If it works for one person, it should work for the other. We see these success stories and we read what they do. We should just be able to take that and apply it. The same thing's going to happen to us or whatever other person. And number four, if a person is unable to achieve or sustain weight loss, it's their fault. They didn't do something. They ate too many calories. They sat around too much. You know, it's... They didn't try hard enough. They didn't have enough discipline. They didn't, they didn't care or want it enough. So these are the assumptions that kind of get passed around. And I think it's just our general belief system. And what we've 
come to convey as a society is that for larger bodied people, weight loss is going to lead to happiness, more success, more health, more longevity. So it affects our social interactions. It affects how we raise our kids, what we tell them. It it affects our interactions with our family members. And now for a very important message. Hey, veggie lover, if you are looking for free resources to guide you on your plant-based and healthy living journey, go to dryami.com forward slash free for tons of free downloadable PDFs. Hundreds of people have taken advantage of my tips to help them reduce meat and dairy consumption, navigate eating out, and build satisfying plant-based meals. Download one or download them all. And don't forget to share with friends and family. DrYami.com forward slash free. And now back to the episode. I know because I live this as a child, okay? And of course, it affects our healthcare professionals. I know because I was one of them. And there's many healthcare professionals, well-meaning. I love my fellow colleagues. I love my fellow physicians. I love you very much. But it doesn't mean that it's necessarily the best thing to do to make these assumptions. Okay? When it comes to body weight, when it comes to the size of our bodies, when it comes to how our metabolism works... It's very complex. It's beautifully complex. It's fascinating the way our body works. It's so many cool and interesting things that our bodies do to maintain our weight, whether it's a leaner person or a larger person. Our body is constantly trying to meet these, you know, this all of this metabolic functions that it does to protect us, especially for some people, from weight loss. As time has gone by, we've also started to notice something else. And I think that this is becoming more and more prevalent. It's something that we're just learning more and more about. We're hearing more about. And it's making people uncomfortable, of course, um, because... Remember that whenever we have a certain belief and there's information that negates it or throws it off, it can be very uncomfortable, okay? And so because we have these beliefs and we're starting to hear from people that maybe dieting can cause harm, calorie restriction can cause harm, some people are pushing back against it, okay? But we're starting to hear from people about their experiences with traditional dieting, with calorie restriction, trauma from recurrent dieting, and not just psychological trauma, but physical and the effects that it has on our physical bodies. Okay. But I'm just going to go back to that first thing I talked about at the beginning of this episode is there are no absolutes. There are really some people that have a personality type that maybe they were eating lots of processed foods and maybe they developed some sort of emotional overeating issue or habit, even just a habit. Let's not even call it emotional. Let's just say they got into the habit of always eating a bunch of processed foods and eating past full 
And then they learned that they shouldn't do that or they decided not to do that and they wanted to lose weight and they stopped doing it and they lost weight and it was fine. And then they became this like success story and they told everybody, okay, just stop eating processed foods. You're fine. It's no problem. So there are literally some people that can make changes to their diets, even some people that can make changes to their diet and lifestyle that seem very restrictive and extreme, and they do not suffer psychological effects from that. They just seem to go on about their lives and they're happy and joyful and they don't binge and they do great. And so those people really do exist. I've worked with those people. I've observed those people. I know that they exist. Then there's people like me that I don't know if it's the perfectionism or some other metabolic genetic issue inside my body that whenever I start to restrict, things get out of hand, either extreme restriction or then it flip-flops to the other side where I start binging and overeating and become obsessed with food and then I'm miserable and have suicidal ideation. So, oh my gosh, is that a psychological personality difference? Is it a metabolic? Is it a combination of those? Is my body just pushing so hard against the calorie restriction that all of these other mechanisms develop? I don't know. Someday maybe we'll know. But the point is that there are no absolutes. There are people that are different. And there are people that have been harmed from dieting. And when we as a society are conveying this message that everybody should lose weight, weight loss is good, what's better for weight loss? then it's leading us down this path that the algorithm just takes you to different ways to lose weight. It doesn't, the algorithm is not taking you to what's better for my well-being. So let's think about that. Another thing that I wanted to bring up is this really interesting thing that I've observed, which is when there's a naturally lean or there's a lean person. See, I even just did it. I just said it. When there's a lean person, For some reason, we have this bias to assume that that person is naturally lean and that it must be their genetics. Think about this and think if you've done this before. You see a lean person and you're just like, especially if you're a larger person, I feel like we look at lean people sometimes we're like, oh man, must be nice, you know? But then when we see a larger bodied person, it's not the assumption that it's genetics, that they were just born that way. The assumption is they're eating too much McDonald's or they're eating too many calories or they're just laying around. That is what I'm talking about. Society, the societal assumption, it becomes a matter of personal choice. But for a lean body person, we assume that it's because they're naturally lean. It's their genetics. So we have all these assumptions. We have all these thoughts and it leads us down a certain path. Why is this important? This is important because when we make these assumptions and we lead people down a certain path, it can harm them. It can harm them. And I just know from my personal experience, I started dieting when I was nine years old. And my first diet was a doctor prescribed diet. So the assumption was that was the best thing for me, for my health for my well-being maybe. I don't know. I don't know if I would go back to that doctor now and ask, did you think that was best or was it because 
me and my mom asked you for. I don't know. I don't remember how it all happened. I just know it happened and I ended up on this diet. And this snowballed into many years of yo-yo dieting, psychological effects, depression, all of these things. And perhaps my personality is prone to that. I'm pretty sure I am. And thank goodness for therapy and learning skills and tools to be able to cope with my emotions. So maybe, I, maybe if I weren't a larger bodied kid, it would have been something else that I would have been depressed about. Who knows? But all I'm saying is that happened, right? So I know that dieting itself has harmed me because I still feel the effects of that. I still... I feel like when it comes to food and when it comes to my body, I'm much better than I have ever been for a long time in my life, but I still suffer the consequences of all of those years of recurrent dieting. I almost became addicted to dieting, you know, and addicted to having this fantasy in my mind that I was going to be this like super lean person someday over the rainbow fantasy. Okay. So instead of asking, is it good for weight loss? Maybe we can ask, is weight loss good? I am not anti-weight loss. And I've had this discussion with so many of my friends because this is so contrary to what our societal beliefs are. And I understand that. I am not anti-weight loss. I'm not necessarily either anti-diet. Because like I said, there's some people that they have the personality type that it really does not harm them. I think it's a very small percentage of people, but they they exist. I'm more anti-psychological harm. So if we have evidence that shows that a certain number of people that go on these calorie-restrictive diets end up with these issues, whether they start binging or they have other issues, then is that the best thing to recommend or to do? I want instead for us to ask, what is good for well-being? What is good for longevity? Do we have to be a certain body size in order to have well-being? Do we have to be all lean and BMI of 22 in order to live long, healthy lives? Because we don't ask the question that way, I don't think we found out the answers because we're not asking those questions. We're asking different questions. So the question that we ask is important. I think we need to stop making assumptions. Stop making the assumption that weight loss is automatically the right thing to do. And as physicians, we should give informed consent, full informed consent. Before we are willy-nilly just telling everybody to just lose weight, one, let's remove our bias so that we appropriately treat and triage patients and make sure we're not missing important medical diagnoses and blaming it on their weight. That's very important. But number two, let's give full disclosure and say, you know what? There are some people that when they go on diets, they actually end up binging and having a really horrible relationship with food in their bodies and they end up heavier than when, where they began. Are you willing to accept that risk? What is your chance of success to get down to a body size in your head or your dream or whatever I'm telling you sustainably without incurring harm, either psychologically or physically. 
because we're not asking those questions. We're not giving full disclosure because we started with the assumption that no matter what, weight loss is good. And now for a very important message. Hey mama, if you are feeling frustrated about mealtime battles, worried that your child isn't eating enough or eating enough vegetables, afraid that your child is going to get some awful deficiency or disease because of the lack of diversity in their diet, I wrote a book that might be for you. A Parent's Guide to Intuitive Eating, How to Raise Kids Who Love to Eat Healthy is available in paperback, ebook, and audiobook through all major online booksellers. Did you know that most children are born with the innate ability to eat the appropriate amount of food to satisfy their hunger and support appropriate growth? Despite this, parents are still anxious and confused about how much and what to feed their children. In addition, many children are labeled as picky eaters or develop behaviors such as hiding and sneaking food. There's also a growing epidemic of dieting behaviors and eating disorders beginning at alarmingly young ages. In my book, you'll learn the five pillars of healthy eating, how to apply intuitive eating through all the stages of development, lifestyle habits that support healthy eating and body image, troubleshooting and problem solving for picky eaters, overeating and dieting behaviors, how to create and foster a healthy body image in your children, how exploring your own body image and relationship with food will help raise an intuitive eater, and what foods to offer your child at different stages of development. A Parent's Guide to Intuitive Eating, How to Raise Kids Who Love to Eat Healthy, available in paperback, ebook, and audiobook through all major online booksellers. Are you ready for a fresh approach to feeding your child? For more information, visit dryami.com forward slash book. And now back to the episode. Okay, let me tell you another example of how asking the right question is really, really important. So this is a really interesting thing to think about, and it has to do with milk. So early in my career as a traditionally trained pediatrician, my assumption, my training was that milk is the best source of calcium and we need a certain amount of calcium and that milk is going to be that and that there's really no other great choices. And then when I learned about plant-based nutrition and now I'm a plant-based pediatrician, one of the questions that comes up frequently is which plant milk is most similar to cow's milk. So what is closest? What is uh, the plant milk that has the most uh, similar nutrient profile to cow's milk? Because we're starting with the assumption that cow's milk is the ideal. That is the best source of nutrition, calcium, all kinds of stuff for kids. So you see how that puts you down a certain path? Instead of asking which plant milk is most nutritionally similar to cow's milk, maybe we need to back up and say, is cow's milk even necessary? Is cow's milk the most ideal source of nutrition for humans, period? 
do we need that much calcium? You know, like stepping back and asking those questions. So instead of getting stuck in, okay, how can we make a milk that's nutritionally equivalent to cow's milk? Do we need to? Maybe we do. I'm not saying that maybe we don't. What I'm saying is you can see how we get in this path and we just keep going down that path. So what I am asking you is to just be open and to think about these things. I don't have all the answers today. I think about this all the time. This is something that's constantly going through my head that I'm refining and tweaking in my head. How can we approach this to help as many people to increase the well-being and longevity as, of as many people and to decrease the harm as much as possible? Because what's the point in encouraging or promoting weight loss when it harms so many and in the, at the end of the day, it's not really leading to the effect that we want, which is well-being and joy and longevity? At least... I want, and maybe there's people, I know that there's people out there who don't really care about that and they just want to be lean. And you know, hey, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I've been there before. I lived that for a long time before I even knew about longevity. I wasn't thinking about that. But for those of us that care about well being, longevity, and joy, how can we maximize that, minimize harm, and do something where the most, the majority of people can live together with these goals? So that's all. That's what I wanted to talk about today is to just think about it. Open your eyes. Listen. If you are a naturally lean person who's always had these assumptions that people should just lose weight, listen to people. If you are a naturally larger bodied person who has been told their whole life you should lose weight. And so you have become part of that belief system because larger bodied people can spread this as well because they themselves have been immersed in this. So I'm not saying that if you're a larger bodied person, you automatically don't believe it. There's a lot of larger bodied people that believe that everybody should just lose weight and so on and so forth. And that's going to be better. So let's open our eyes. Let's listen to our friends, our family members. Let's listen to our patients for those of us that are healthcare professionals. Observe other people's beliefs about their own body size, about other people's body sizes. And observe what happens when people go on diets on and off over and over again. Observe what happens to them. Observe what happens to you if you're still going on diets off and on. And also observe how we are passing these beliefs down to the younger generations, to our children, to our little five-year-old children who already know what a diet is, little elementary school children who are already dieting, who already feel like they're fat and too big and that they need to change that in order to be acceptable in society. Let's just observe that and think about it and decide, is this the best way to go about our situation right now? And what are our true goals? We need to be asking the right questions. Is it good for weight loss or is weight loss good? What is best for our well-being, longevity, and joy? That's my favorite question. What is best for our well-being, longevity, and joy? I don't have all the answers. 
I just want us to start thinking bigger and broader and more deeply about this to open our hearts, open our minds, stop making assumptions and call me out whenever you hear me making assumptions because I probably do it every day. I'm not saying I'm perfect. So thank you as always, veggie lovers, for listening. I appreciate you so much. If you like this kind of episode, let me know. The only way I'm going to know is if you reach out to me. You can email me at yami at dryami.com, spelled out D-O-C-T-O-R-Y-M-I.com, or you can DM me on Instagram. I'm found at the Dr. Yami. Thank you so much for being with me today, and I hope you have a very plantastic day. Mwah. Hey, veggie lover. I hope that you loved today's episode. Will you take a second and do me a huge favor? Please subscribe to my podcast so that you never miss an episode. You're the reason I'm here and I want to share it all with you. Thank you for listening and have a plantastic day.